Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today welcome to all around sports with john inglesby john's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players former players commissioners and owners john and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports now let's talk all around sports here's your host john inglesby voice america listeners Welcome back to the seventh ever show of All Around Sports, where each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. And happy Memorial Day weekend to you all. And uh, I'm based up here in Boston, where it's well into the 80s, and summer is officially underway with our true first summer-like day. Especially, just like it should be, the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. That's when summer uh, should officially start. At least it did when I was a kid growing up. And this usually was the last day of school. But these days they go a little later. I know that. Uh, but nonetheless, for me, it will always be, be Memorial Day weekend as the start of summer. Well, today we have an absolute power-packed show. Where coming on at our one fifteen. PM segment will be John York, the owner and chairman of the San Francisco 49ers, just fresh off this week's NFL League owners meetings in Indianapolis. And John will discuss those meetings as well as uh, his role as the head of the NFL's International Olympic Committee, Uh, not Olympic Committee, International Committee, uh, where... Uh, John is and his committee basically are in charge of the yearly London game. It's a subject I'm very familiar with, having uh, attended the league owners meetings in Boston a couple years ago and writing uh, an extensive article for the Financial Times of London, uh, one of the world's most influential newspapers uh, on the NFL's international strategy, which continues on. So... We are pleased and honored that John York is uh, planning to join us in about 10 minutes. And then after that, uh, I had an interesting week where I attended golf school for the first time in my life. It was much needed, that's for sure, with my game. And uh, it was up at the Bethel Inn Resort in Maine. Uh, I attended school for two days, and so we're going to have on Mark Mallory, the head golf professional at the Bethel Inn Resort Golf School, who will talk about what is golf school. I now know what it's like as a, as a pupil, and it was very successful, although I'll find out more when I next hit the links. 
but Mark will be able to give us more of the macro look at what uh, what does golf school in- entail? What's it all about? Uh, for me, it was wonderful, and we can hear from the expert on uh, how a golf school is uh, run effectively. And that's at one thirty in half an hour, and then at one forty-five p.m., we'll be joined again by our weekly call-in guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post newspaper sports department, where we'll get into a little uh, NBA and NHL postseason, as well as potentially some other subjects. And so, with that said, uh, to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Well, as always, Voice America listeners, it was another wild week in sports. And as usual, I will begin uh, each show with the past week's highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that fascinate us all. And today, uh, I will get started with the highlights of the week. And for me, a personal highlight was uh, last Friday night. As I told you on my show last Friday, I was fortunate enough to be invited by a season ticket holder and longtime friend, uh, Steve Shapiro, uh, to attend the Red Sox-Cubs game at Fenway Park last Friday night, which was, uh, to put it mildly, the game of the year. If you're looking on the calendar and what game do you most want to attend, for the first time in recent memory, it was that versus any of the Yankees games here at Fenway. And uh, Steve is has just fabulous seats, eighth row from the visitors on deck circle, right behind home plate on the left side of the screen. So we were able to get an up-close and personal look at the Cubbies and their uh, beautiful uniforms, which frankly I had never realized until uh, they were right in front of me from about 20 feet away. And it was truly uh, an amazing game, uh, or an amazing atmosphere would be a better way of saying it. Amazing game if you're a Red Sox fan. They won 15-5 to and just bashed the ball all around Fenway Park with 20 hits. But it was more about the atmosphere that night. Uh, first of all, it was the first visit by the Cubs to Fenway Park since the 1918 World Series. So first time they had been there in 93 years. And it was quickly obvious uh, that was the case because... I've been going to Fenway Park since the 1980s, and never in my life have I seen so many fans from another team at Fenway Park. To say it was a festival atmosphere would be a complete understatement. It was just a spectacular atmosphere. It was literally like a gigantic street festival. And, you know, we talk about Teams traveling well, be it, you know, often reserved for, you know, how teams, college teams, fans attend bowl games. Uh, But in this case, it was uh, how a baseball team fans follow it. And I don't think I'm exaggerating if I say that something that sounds like 30% of the fans at Fenway that night were Cubs fans and they were loud and proud it was truly truly amazing um you know they were just all over the place and they had that wonderful midwestern friendliness 
going on all of, all around them. You know, it was just none of the edginess of like a Yankee series. Uh, it was just everybody, you know, patting each other on the back, arms around each other, and just you know having fun. They were just so glad to be there. Uh, it was even more than Fenway Park. I mean, they were all over Boston all weekend long, and it was just uh, truly a spectacular sight to behold. Um, I could not have been more impressed with Cubs fans. Of course, uh, you know, Red Sox beat the Cubs in 1918 and then obviously went 86 years uh, without a World Series, the so-called Curse of the Bambino. And then they broke that in 2004. The Cubs, however, continue on. They're now at 103 years and counting. And uh, without a World Series victory, 1908 was their last one. And... Uh, based on what I saw that night, I got the feeling uh, it, it's not going to get broken this year, I don't think. The Cubs do not appear to have a very talented team, but uh, they sure are a lot of fun to be around, especially their fans. And it was an absolutely spectacular uh, evening of baseball uh, and celebrating baseball and the history of the game and the two clubs with the two most iconic ballparks, Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. It almost felt like the two parks were playing each other in a strange kind of way. And just, again, a wonderful, wonderful evening. And that was last Friday night. But tonight, here in Boston, uh, is another huge, huge night. And I'm, of course, referring to yet another Game 7 for the Bruins. They are hosting, quite plain and simply, the biggest game hockey game in Boston in 20 years when they were last in the Stanley Cup Finals against Edmonton. I was fortunate enough to attend the game that the uh, uh, Oilers won and hoisted the cup and skated around the garden. It was a sight I'll never forget as long as I live, even though it was an, uh, the away team winning it. But uh, yes, it was truly, uh, it's truly going to be a magical evening. This is a series that obviously was meant to go seven games. Uh, you know, they've just been back and forth. Uh, I think Tam Tampa is an extremely talented club and pretty scary offensively. Uh, I think it's a pick 'em. Uh, I, I, in no way, shape, or form do I think the Bruins have much of an advantage having home ice tonight. Uh, I think it's a factor. Uh, they had it against Montreal two series ago and, of course, one in overtime. I wouldn't at all be shocked if this goes to overtime tonight. It's been that kind of a series. And, uh, you know, batting down the hatches, if it does, there is absolutely nothing like Stanley Cup hockey, Game 7, especially if it goes into overtime. And if you put the, uh, the winner going to the Stanley Cup Finals as the prize, it could just be awesome the entire region. And I mean... Uh, New England is just absolutely consumed with the Bruins. This is a quest, not quite on the level of the Red Sox trying to win it in 04, but, you know, it has been 39 years since the Bruins won it. And uh, so, you know, the, the quest is on. Uh, again, I was up in Maine in golf school, and uh, that evening after dinner, uh, quiet little inn in Bethel, Maine, uh, absolutely packed and riveted watching the Bruins in game five. And uh, so it is, again, has all of New England uh, completely under its thumb right now. So that's going to be, uh, 
you know, a fascinating game to watch. Uh, it's on Versus, obviously, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I, I think it's going to do absolutely massive ratings. Uh, you know, the Bruins are an original six team, so I think that just projects out for some national interest out there. And uh, I think everybody's just waiting to see if they can pull it off. Again, it's we're not talking Red Sox curse here, but we're talking uh, we're talking 39 years. That's a long time, and the hunger up here in this hockey-mad region is uh, pretty consuming, and I, I've just simply never seen it like this. Um, and the low light of the week uh, that I often refer to was seeing that USC might have their 2004 championship, BCS championship game taken away, and this story hits close to home because Pete Carroll, former coach of the... Trojans lived here in my little town of Medfield, Massachusetts, half hour outside of Boston when he was the coach of the Patriots. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Pete. Uh, and, you know, I, I think very highly of him, but, uh, you know, it's also disconcerting to see what went on under his watch. We'll have to wait and see what the NCAA does. Obviously, the sanctions are already uh, stiff among maybe the stiffest in NCA history. But uh curious to see, you know, what they're going to do with uh you know, with this championship because that is really uh that's taking it to the next level as they say. And so I'll just uh I think we're all be waiting for in with bated breath, especially those peop those fans in Southern California to see uh see what the NCAA is going to do. Again, that is, that, that's the next level. There's been the death penalty with SMU and the like back 20 years ago, but there's, I don't know if there's ever been a BCS football championship taken away. I mean, they've already had, you know, Reggie Bush lose the Heisman and uh, have that taken away, so, or he gave it back. So it's just going to be fascinating to see uh, if the NCAA takes that final and uh, final step to you know, actually remove the championship. It would be pretty amazing, to say the least. So we'll watch that. And the bizarre story of the week, I found, is you know the Mets, uh, their financial situation, the New York Mets baseball team, continues to deteriorate. And I saw where a uh, uh, deep-pocketed hedge fund manager is looking at putting a gigantic sum of money into the Mets, but even that may not save them. Uh, clearly, they're becoming the poster child for the uh, Bernie Madoff scandal and, you know, the effect that had. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what develops there. But, boy, it does not look good for uh, for the New York Mets and their, you know, owner, Fred Wilpon, uh, who, you know, really is the longest tenured owner in baseball. So it'll be remarkable to see if he, uh, if he ends up, you know, being able to hold on to the team. So with that said, uh, we will get ready for our first break here. As my former, uh, co-host used to like to say, Lemont Williams on outside the huddle. Uh, it's time to pay some bills. So with that said, let's take our, uh, first break. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 1- 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And in this segment of the show, we are pleased and honored to welcome John York, the owner and chairman of the San Francisco 49ers and the head of the NFL's International Committee to our show. John, how are you doing today? Doing great. Good to be with you, John. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, you and I now, our relationship now goes back a couple of years ago to when we first met at the league owners meetings in Boston, and I was writing for Financial Times about the uh, the international game over in London, uh, which we will get to. But first, uh, let's get right to what I know you were doing this week. Uh, you were at the NFL owners meetings in Indianapolis uh, that concluded, I believe, on Tuesday. How did everything go out there? It was a typical spring meeting. Um, we had uh, a number of issues to go over and uh, uh, finish up some work from the annual meeting in March, uh, which was in New Orleans. So we took up the competition committee things first, which were primarily rules with regards to player safety, and I think we moved forward on uh, some things there to help ensure player safety. Well, player safety is obviously at the top of everybody's list, and I saw that uh, I think a couple of the Pittsburgh Steeler defensive demons come out and, uh, you know, with some comments regarding the league's new mandate uh, or consideration to involve the teams potentially in fines uh, for what their players do on the field. Uh, what were your thoughts on that particular measure, which I think got you know, a fair amount of attention? Well, I think that there are reasons to at least look at that and make sure that ownership is directly involved in making sure that 
our coaches uh, know the directions that uh, the league and uh, the owners want to take in terms of protections and safety for the players. Uh, and I think that the players also need to recognize and have a part in um, the things that uh, are for their own safety both now and as they go through their careers and beyond their careers. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, it's the right time. I mean, it's got everybody's attention. And, you know, Chris Nowitzki, who's doing a lot of work up here in Boston with uh, head trauma, concussions uh, with Boston University, someone I've met once or twice, and I know he's spearheading it. So I think it's it's time, and it's great to see that the NFL is taking the stance that it is. And, uh so, you know, moving on, um, again, you and I, our roots go back to the international game held in London every October. And uh, first of all, let me ask you, you're the head of the NFL International Committee, and this past October, your 49ers played in the game for the first time and uh, over in London. And how did that go for you? Uh, we had a great time. Uh, it obviously is something that is different so that you need to manage and organize your time. Um, our team decided to go over for a full week, so we were there and practiced over there in London all week, and the practice facilities were uh, very good, so there was no complaint from the players or the coaches. Uh, the players and the coaches got to get out into London and visit some of the sites as well as uh, many of the restaurants. I ran into at least one or two of our players every night when I went out to dinner, so uh, they had a good experience there. Uh, we, we teamed with Tottenham to do a community service day uh, on the Tuesday of that week. Interestingly, um, in this country, everybody thinks that it rains every day in London. Every day we <laughs> were there was beautiful except for that Tuesday, and it poured us on us during the entire community event, which was outside with Tottenham. But... Uh, we learned a lot from Tottenham, and I think they did from us, and we've continued to maintain that relationship, and we hope to do more things uh, not only with Tottenham but with some of the other soccer teams over in London. Oh, well, that's fabulous. Uh, yeah, uh, Premier League soccer is huge. We actually have Manchester United coming here to Gillette Stadium on July 13th. I already have my tickets. It's 20 minutes from my house, and... Uh, I can't wait because it's, it's special, that relationship over there, to say the least. Yes, and there are a number of the owners uh, associated with the NFL who are also associated with the Premier Soccer League. Correct, yes, and, I, and I've noticed that. Uh, so the Glaziers, particularly uh, down in Tampa, also are yes. own the Manchester United. And speaking of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, they are appearing for the second time in three years in the game this October, and I uh, found that interesting. So what's your outlook for uh, this year's international game? Well, it'll be the Bucks uh, will be hosting the Chicago Bears on Sunday, October 23 at uh, Wembley Stadium. Uh, Joel Glazer, is also, the owner of the Bucks, is also a member of the international committee, um, and... Uh, Joel has a big interest in trying to promote uh, the international games uh, that we're trying to do in the U.K. as well as in Canada and Mexico. And we thought it was time to have somebody 
make a second trip and see what you could do um, with going a second time in terms of getting fan participation and getting uh, things out into the community as well as a great game on the field. Uh, obviously, the Bucks have risen quickly, and they're a rising star in the NFL. Uh, the Chicago Bears have been a dominant team uh, for a number of years, so it should be a great game. It should be a great game. The Bears are iconic, and that's a great idea. I was interested in the rationale of the same two team appearing twice in three years, and you explained that, so I thank you. And uh, before we, we move we on, John, go on yes. and have um, uh, a number of games in London. We're hoping in 2012 that we will have two, and wow. uh, one of those two teams will probably be a team. Uh, that makes multiple appearances over in London. So we want to see what happens when we have more than one game, and we want to see what happens when there is a single team that returns. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you for letting, letting our listeners hear that. I, I had not heard that before, so uh, I appreciate that insight. And uh, before we move on to just uh, the 49ers itself, I just wanted to ask... Uh, you know, your thoughts following up the league meetings on the status of the lockout? Well, obviously, both sides are on hold uh, pending the uh, June 3rd hearing before the Eighth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals. Okay. So I think there will not be very much that happens before that. Uh, but uh, certainly, I think that the court system is an extremely slow and cumbersome way to try to get something done when uh, the court is not part of uh, the NFL, the owners, or the Players Association and the players. Uh, we need to sit down and we need to come to uh, a hard agreement that allows the game to progress, uh, that we maintain the things that are best, make sure that everybody is uh, uh, treated appropriately on the financial side and on the uh, benefits and uh, safety issues and try to move forward and hammer this thing out because it's going to be difficult. But uh, the negotiating table is where this needs to take place. And I believe uh, everyone in the NFL wants to see this wrapped up over with and back on the field. And I believe the players do as well. I totally agree, and we'll all be watching and waiting and uh, <clears throat> looking forward to, you know, next next week's ruling uh, from the court. And so moving on beyond that, exciting news out in San Francisco during the offseason, of course, with uh, the hiring of Jim Harbaugh, the terrific Stanford coach. And I, of course, remember him well as a great quarterback with the Colts, among others, the Bears, and University of Michigan. How's everything going with Jim Harbaugh as your new, co new coach? Jim Harbaugh brings a level of excitement to the building that we have not seen for some time. So he is extremely enthusiastic, uh, very optimistic and upbeat. So it's fun to be around him uh, and the coaches that he's brought in. The coaches all have uh, good, strong um, NFL experience. And he has some uh, young people like Bobby Ingram who've, uh, just entered the coaching ranks for the first time, and uh, Bobby shows an awful lot of promise. He works hard, and uh, he's adding to the 49ers already. 
Terrific. Uh, yes, he is. I, th- I think he's just going to do a terrific job. Uh, you know, I watched him closely out at Stanford, and I've watched his career throughout, and I just think he is uh, special, special to say the least. And my last question, John, uh, I had the pleasure of attending my first ever NFL draft uh, Thursday and Friday night, the first two nights down at Radio City Music Hall a couple weeks back. And given uh, your and I's relationship and past history, I watched the San Francisco 49ers draft with great interest, and I'm dying to know, what were your thoughts on this year's draft? Well, everybody loves their draft, and in particular, we love our draft because we needed defensive help and we wanted to uh, solidify some things with regards to the quarterback. But the truth of the matter is, is that you figure out how the draft went two or three years down the road. But we're very excited with uh, bringing Alden Smith in here. We think he is a a special player. Um, He was a great uh, defensive end in college, uh, but colleges play primarily uh, four threes rather than three fours. So for for us, he will be uh, standing up most of the time as an outside linebacker and mm-hmm. add to the pass rush, and we're really looking forward to watching his talents develop. And then, of course, uh, we had our eye all along on Colin Kaepernick to come in here and uh, from Nevada. He was a great quarterback there. He's a very, very smart kid with a great arm. Uh, he's the only uh, player that's ever passed for 10,000 yards and rushed for 4,000. So we think that he has a great potential and will work well in our system, and we're looking forward to him being part of the 49ers. Well, that's terrific, and, you know, I found it very interesting that I had Mike Leach, the former coach of Texas Tech, as well as well-known quarterback guru. Uh, I had an interview with him on that I played on my show a couple weeks ago. I asked him what his thoughts were on the quarterbacks in the NFL draft. He gave me two names. Colin Kaepernick was one of them, so I thought of you, of course, and uh, I think he's a great choice and great great insight across the board, John. I just want to thank you for taking the time to call in. I know you've had a busy week flying most of the way across the country back from Indianapolis, and uh, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to join my show and look forward to talking to you in the future. John, we've had a great relationship over the years, and I always enjoy being with you. Well, thank you again, John, and best of luck, and uh, talk soon. Okay. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Voice America listeners, there you heard it. John York, owner of the 49ers and head of the NFL International Committee, talking about uh, giving us some breaking news that uh, the NFL is looking at two games uh, for 2012, and having uh, multiple appearances by the same team. Uh, So we'll be watching and waiting. And with that said, we'll take our break. And next up, Mark Mallory, head golf professional at the Bethel Inn Resort in Maine. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the third segment of All Around Sports. And uh, it was wonderful to have John York on, the owner and chairman of the 49ers. And we're going to continue on with, uh, with our guests here. And before we do that, uh, to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast. .net. And as I said at the top of the show, I had a great week where I attended, for the first time ever, golf school and was fortunate enough to have ended up going to the Bethel Inn and Resort up in Bethel, Maine, which is a town very near uh, the well-known Sunday River Ski Resort and... With me today is Mark Mallory, the head golf professional at the Bethel Inn Resort. And uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. This is my pleasure. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, as I touched on at the beginning of the show, uh, I attended your golf for two to go before and didn't know what to expect. Uh, but I could not have been more impressed. Uh, number one, I genuinely, no doubt, improved my game fairly dramatically. I look forward to getting out on the course, hopefully this weekend, and testing it out under real conditions, shall we say. And what I found uh, you know, fascinating uh, was myself and one other gentleman were able to spend two full days, uh, more than a dozen hours, with one of your golf professionals, uh, Paul Marshall, uh, for, you know, doing everything imaginable under the sun with uh, improving my game. So why don't you talk a little bit about the school and how you set it up the way you did? Absolutely. I mean, it was it was great having you up, John. And and for all your listeners, you did graduate. I mean, we... Oh, <laughs> right. I, know that you, I'm you glad to hear that. The diploma, the cap and gown ceremony, you remember, was probably uh, pretty special, but... No, it, it, seriously, it, it, it's a great program. We've been running this golf school up here for uh, 20 years, and we've put uh, probably three or 4,000 students through 
either our two-day, three-day, or four-day programs. Um, you took the two-day, which is our most right. popular, and like you said, 10 hours of instruction plus over the course of two days. Um, it, it sounds like a lot, but you could probably attest to this. It goes by fairly quickly, doesn't it, John? Oh, very much so. I, I absolutely, uh, you know, I, I golfed a little bit with uh, my, quote, downtime when I wasn't in school. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's all about golf, and you, you just can't get enough of it. That you, Your instructors have the unique talent of making you want to do more and try out what you just learned, which is a, a great way to, to approach it. No, absolutely, and and where it's and where we where we you know it's different than say a half hour private lesson or or, or a, a one hour private lesson. The golf school format, uh, my professionals and the, the 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 staff that I have, I mean it's almost like they're on stage for five hours a day, and so it's it's a it's a constant you know, uh, how are you doing here? How's this going? How's that going? I mean so it any questions that any of our students ever have are answered immediately. They don't go home and go, geez, I wish I had asked this, or I wish I had asked that. You get five hours a day um, with your professional on course time, range time. I mean, and so it's invaluable as far as that kind of uh, time and effort that we put in as a staff to our students. The, the other thing is, you know, we're one of the few resorts that offer a golf school that is all inclusive. And as you know, when you, when you, arrived here and parked your car, I mean, basically, you got all your meals, you got your lodging, you got all your golf, you got your carts, you got, you got everything. You didn't have to, uh, you know, pull the, pull the debit card out or credit card out very much at all. And that was huge, and that was a deciding factor in uh, choosing uh, your location. Um, yeah, I mean, what I was saying upon my return, uh, that Everything was basically within pretty much two to three hundred yards, literally, uh, from my room. Uh, you know, the fact that you could go downstairs and eat, and great food, by the way, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then, you know, you, you literally step out behind the building and you're at the golf course. And yeah, you're, I mean, you're, on just, the, you're on the first tee. And you're you're and on you're... the first tee. Exactly, and as you, as you said, I parked my car, and there it sat, and uh, <laughs> as well as, you know, a nice health club with an outdoor heated pool, which in Maine is kind of a cool thing, uh, you know, that I did use, and again, that's, uh, what, 100 yards to the left of the of the Maine Inn, and mm -hmm. again, within 100 yards of the golf course, literally, and uh, so I, I found that that was just a huge, huge factor, and, and the staff was wonderful. And one of the things that I liked the best about it, uh, literally holding it in my hand as we speak, is the video. I just mm -hmm. thought, I, I, I myself have never been videoed before, so to, have, to be videoed from the front, or excuse me, from the back and the side, and then to have it review, spend about 15 minutes twice e each of the two days reviewing my swing yeah. was terrific. So tell me about that. I mean, that was just all handle. You have a video room, a video house, sure. literally. The, the videos, the videos, a huge part of uh, you know of our of our of our golf school. Um, we we go through uh, what's called V1 Academy, which is a video system that we use here. And most most golfers, like yourself, John, haven't seen their swings on videotape, so they don't know how either how good it looks or how bad it might look. And, and it, it, sometimes people are pleasantly surprised at what they see when we do the video analysis. 
like you said, we're able to we're able to draw lines on the screen. We're able to put circles, show any kind of excess movement or not enough movement during the course of your golf swing. Um, you every student that we have gets a take home CD that they they can pop into their uh, computer or laptop at their convenience and kind of review over the you know the things that we went over for the last two three or four days. So it's kind of a constant reminder if all of a sudden. You know, when you, like you said, you're going to play this weekend, if you go out there and it kind of goes, you know, south a little bit, pop that CD in and kind of give yourself a refresher. Most people are incredibly, are very visual learners. Um, and, and, and when, you know, seeing is believing. And, and we really utilize that video portion of the golf school to our advantage and also to your advantage. So you can see, not just feel, but see exactly what your body's doing. And then we can, you know, as you probably saw, we brought up some tour pros, Freddie Couples, uh, guys like that, and we can kind of put you side by each with, with these professional golfers and kind of compare and contrast. So you're, you're right, John, that the video is probably one of the best things that we've got going here, and it's a very, very effective teaching aid. Oh, it really is, and yes, the... Paul, my instructor, put my swing up beside Chip Beck, and uh, it was scary, to say the least. Uh, and actually, I, I will put it on after, but I, I've got to tell you that, you know, next time I go golfing, and I hope it's sooner rather than later, uh, I would see where I would pop that in before I left the house, you know, to go golfing. Yeah. I just think it would be, you know, the words, I think the video will, you know, I already looked at it once, will bring back, you know, the instructor's verbiage that went along with it they just kind of go hand in hand and uh you know i'm looking forward to that so i can have it fresh in my mind when uh when i next head to the golf course and but i just no, that, thought that that was terrific no it really is and, and and you and you you made a point there that we also do talk on the on the on the cd so you're hearing our voices uh you know kind of give you those those uh, verbal hints and those uh, swing phrases and stuff like that so that you'll always have those with you so that it really is an effective an effective tool. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just to go into a little more detail for our listeners, you know, I'll describe quickly my personal experience uh, that, you know, we basically, you know, went out on day one and my biggest problem happened to be the biggest challenge for uh, my school partner, shall we say, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> just the short game around the green. So we spent some time doing that and then we worked out of some bunkers. We also, uh, you know, we went to the driving range. That's where we were videoed with both 7-iron and driver. Then we also uh, did a lot of putting. and But more importantly, in the afternoons, we went out. We played some holes. We had some fun, made it a little competitive, uh, you know, with our instructor. And it was just, you know, so that was the general format. It was really a nice mix of both, you know, hitting 50 to 100 balls from particular areas to... Getting out and enjoying your absolutely spectacular course surrounded by, you know, the, the, what would be the eastern end of the White Mountains, if I'm not mistaken. That, that's exactly right. And you're right, you know, the, the five hours a day, you know, is, is broken into two parts. You've got the three-hour morning session, generally from 9 to 12. We right. do work on a little bit of repetitive, you know, uh, bunker shots, putting, chipping. But then the important part is, you know, after lunch, we go out and take you out on the golf course, which, again, separates us from a lot of the golf schools that are out there. Uh, you know, we kind of put you under the gun and, and get you in real-life, real-time situations with your golf professional right there for you. So if you've got a side hill lie, if you've got to try and hit it low underneath a tree, or if you've got to do something a little bit more creative, uh, 
that a driving range just doesn't put into play, you can put those kind of shots into play and into your bag so that now when you do go on the golf course itself, you've got a better understanding of it. I know tons of players that are great on the range. Boy, they, they're, they're, they're scratch golfers when they're on the driving range with no pressure on them. But the second they go out and actually have one shot at execution, it kind of goes, uh, goes away a little bit. So we kind of, like you said, John, put you under the gun, make it a little bit competitive. I mean, it might be a side, a side match for, a, for an adult beverage or something. Uh, right. But really kind of get you into those game-like situations. That's really, really important as far as learning this game. Very true, very true, Mark. And, I mean, there's pressure, and then there's pressure of, you know, again, executing the shot in front of your instructor who has just spent the morning teaching you, and you hope you're a good pupil, and uh, <laughs> that's pressure. That really is. I mean, I, I've felt various types of pressure on the golf course throughout my life, and uh, this was a new kind of pressure. And, again, you know, wanting to... Uh, execute what you had just been taught that very, you know, within the previous couple of hours. And, uh, you know, uh, I did okay on some and not so good on others, but that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, it was just a wonderful, wonderful format. And most importantly, it was just comfortable, good rapport with the instructor. And by the end of the second day, I mean, you're just able to really talk comfortably about, you know, what the challenges are and, and, you walk away, exactly. and I, I have no doubts that my game improved. And, uh, again, I can't wait to go out and see if it reflects on the scorecard. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what we, what we try and give every golf student that we've ever had come through here is whether or not they can execute when they leave, whether or not they can pull the shots off that they've always wanted to try. Uh, we want you to understand how to do it and understand your own golf swing. I hope, John, after 10 hours with Paul, uh, that you understand your own golf swing better than you did when you arrive and if you do that's that's exactly what our goal was not only to improve which is guaranteed remember it's right in, it's right on the brochure guaranteed performance school of golf Correct. but also something that you understand you understand your swing and when it breaks down you can then fix it as opposed to having to go back and go i have no idea what i'm doing you see kind of cause and effect you see bad shots and understand why the bad shots happen Tiger Woods well, still hits bad shots, but he knows why, and he can correct it right there on the next swing. So, I mean, being able to understand your own golf swing is paramount. That is, and there's no question I have a better understanding now. And, Mark, I just want to uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me up to your great golf school. And uh, do me a favor and be sure to let me know when you add uh, your graduate-level course. I want to take that one, too. John, you're welcome back anytime. We'd love to have you come up. We do have a huge return rate as far as people that want to take it to the next step. Love for you to take advantage of that. And uh, thank you for, uh, for giving me some time with your audience. Bethlehem Resort, Bethel, Maine, www.bethelin.com. It's a beautiful spot. Please come on up and visit us. Terrific. And once again, thank you for coming on, Mark. And with that said, we'll take our break. And next up will be Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Newspaper Sports Department. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And once again, we're pleased to have with us Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Newspaper Sports Department. And Barry, how are you doing today? I'm terrific, John. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. appreciate you joining us uh, again. Uh, you've been here on every show, seven in a row now, which is great. How about that? Yeah. I you know. know. It's, it's, watch out, Joe DiMaggio. It's, it's coming, you know. We're, exactly. We're working on it. <laughs> we'll, we'll celebrate when we hit number 57. Yeah, there we go. Um... So, Barry, as always, we're still, you know, in the postseason. Uh, lesser teams, greater games, and certainly greater meaning uh, for these games. And let's just jump right in. Uh, you know, watched the Bulls heat last night, and it looks like and feels like we are seeing the genuine, true long-awaited arrival of LeBron James as a closer. Uh, utterly remarkable what he's doing uh, here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think this is what, this is certainly what, what Pat Riley and the Heat envisioned when, you know, they went out and, uh, you know, made the full out of salt to get, to get LeBron to, uh, you know, take his talents to South Beach. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, as as much as a lot of people might might want to hate the Heat and might want to root against them, you know what they've they've been able to back it up. They really have, and you got to give them credit for that because you know I think it's a lot harder to succeed. You know, when you've got that target on your back. I mean, you know, all year long, anytime anyone played Miami, it was like, okay, we really have to, we really want to bring it against these guys, and you know, you've got that pressure. Every night, and you know, not just from the opposition, but from you know, from from the media, from the fans, 
uh, when you travel. I mean, it was not, not pleasant for them this year. I mean, and, and if you recall early on, uh, when the season first began, you know, the, the heat got off to a very slow start and, you know, there were reports of, of, of them kind of imploding and, uh, you know, there were some issues with the coach and some issues with LeBron and there were some tears shed early on and, you know, it was, it was very, it was very difficult for them. But, you know, they've, they've, they've rallied around that. They've grown. They've gotten better. And, you know, LeBron is certainly showing why he was deemed so valuable by the Heat and by everybody else. And uh, the, that performance last night, right, uh, you know, down the stretch, I mean, you know, you, you can't really do much better than that. And uh, they're, they're, certainly, they're certainly a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, you can make a case for the best team in the league. And, uh, you know, like I said, as, as much as you, know, you might have wanted to root against them, you know, they're, they're showing you that, hey, you know, you know what, they're pretty darn good, and it's going to be very hard for anybody to beat them. And I, 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 I love the Mavericks. I, I love Dirk, and I, I'd love to see them win. I, I like the owner. You know, you know again, uh, a guy that, you know, maybe not, might, might not be the most likable guy, but, you know, the guy wants to win, and he, he's willing to go to the wall for his players. And I would love to see the Mavericks win, but I, I don't know. I think it might be very difficult if, if the Heat continue uh, on path they're on, and they're going to they're be a really, really, really tough out for the Mavericks, and uh, I, don't, I, I think just based on what we've seen, you have to make the Heat favorites in this series. I totally agree. I mean, there's almost a, an element to them of you know I, I hesitate to call any team unbeatable, but boy, they are on a serious roll, and you know we all have our feelings about LeBron and the decision and all that, but. Uh, I myself, you know, just I, you can't help but respect what he's done, really starting with that game four. I mean, they've now taken out the Celtics and the Bulls uh, in five game series twice in a row. And, you know, starting with that game, it was really game four against the Celtics when they closed late. But then, you know, they closed out the series with a 16-0 run. Uh, to beat the Celtics and win the series. And now all of a sudden, you know, and I know a few uh, people, observers said, you know, well, they can't be, you know, depending on these late fourth quarter runs to win games. But lo and behold, especially against the Bulls, lo and behold, they did it again, uh, you know, and especially last night. Uh, it's just remarkable. And again, I, I think, you know, everyone has a newfound, you know, respect for LeBron that just hasn't, hasn't been there. I mean, obviously it will be dictated by what he does now in this final series, but if he does in the final series what he's done the last two, uh, he will have arrived as the prodigy that we thought he was coming out of Akron. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's almost like a great racehorse, right? I mean, you know, a lot of the great racehorses, you know, they'll, they'll pace themselves during the race and then, they know when they have to turn it on, and they know down the stretch. Okay, I'm 15 lengths back down the stretch, and you know there's the wire. I got to turn it on here, and it's almost as if I don't want to go so far as to say that that LeBron and the Heat can turn it on and off when they want, but they're certainly showing the ability, uh, you know, and 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 the quality to never count them out of any game. And I think you know, obviously in the playoffs that that's a you know that's a huge advantage, and to be able to go into a series, uh, and especially going into the NBA Finals, knowing that okay, if we fall into it, if we fall into a uh, into a hole here, you know, hey, we've done it before, we've come back, you know, we we we've done it against the Celtics, you know, we we did it against the Bulls, 
You know, if we get in trouble here, you know, let's not fret, let's not worry, let's not point fingers, let's just stick together, let's play together, and they're showing they can do it. And they then they have shown they can do it. So, you know, uh, certainly in, in, in the NBA, which is, you know, which, which is a superstar uh, league, you know, it's an indiv- you know individuals are, are, are really, you know, put on, put on the pedestal. Uh, yeah, certainly. If if the Heat do do beat the Mavericks in the finals, you know, we then we can say, okay, LeBron, you know, you have your you have your place on the pedestal. You know, uh, Kobe had to go through it. Michael had to go through it. They all have to go through it. And once they get there, then it's like, okay, you you're in the club, and that's and that's just the way the NBA is. So I think uh, certainly LeBron is four more wins away from from getting into that club, along with uh, Michael and Kobe and all the other greats. I totally agree, and uh, you know he has a great sidekick in uh, Dwayne Wade, obviously. And I hesitate to even use this word sidekick, but uh, you know Batman and Robin, shall we say? And there, uh, it's going to be a great NBA final, and we're down uh, down to a minute. I mean, quick segment, but before we close out here, I would love to get your thoughts on tonight's game seven. Uh, uh, quick thoughts. I think that the uh, you know after after the Bruins lost that 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 horrible game where they were up three nothing and they and, and they lost I, I part of me thought they were done but I thought they showed a lot of guts coming back I I think that uh, you know, Tim Thomas has been terrific in this series and they're gonna, he's going to need one more great game out of, out of they're going to need one more great game out of out of Thomas to get to the finals and I and I think uh, I really do think a Boston Vancouver finals would be very compelling uh, you know you have the Bruins obviously an original six team. I saw in the Cups in '72 against the Canucks, uh, a team uh, that has never won the Cup. They've they've been to the finals twice, uh, losing to New York teams both times. As a matter of fact, uh, be the first their first trip since '94, and they're, they're a great team in their own right. And I I I think a Vancouver Boston series would, would would be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of lot of meaning there. Uh, not to fight Tampa Bay, but uh, I, I think I think that's the series that will, would be the most interesting and and uh you know the most uh most uh most storylines uh you know it'll be a great thing to see i think i agree barry and thanks as always for that insight that felt, felt sure felt like that went by quickly but uh i appreciate you taking the time to join us and once again voice america have a great weekend that's the indianapolis 500 and we'll look forward to talking to everybody next friday one o'clock Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.